Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. Happy Mother's Day! Boy, is this a weird and wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, Who would have thought? No one would have thought. Last year, we'll be doing Mother's Day at the end uh, of uh, a quarantine. Maybe Mother's Day is... um, a prophecy of good things to come. It's it's, it's, uh, beginning to wear off and wind down. Some of our staff uh, were were saying, we were saying uh, when we come back, when we're back in the house, which by the way, is next Sunday. Yes, it is. August. Back in the house of worship. May 17. We're going to be back in the house and we're going to observe all the social distancing and all, but we are so excited to be back in the house. And But we're not having children's ministries. It will be a family service. And some of our pastors with small children were saying, oh, please, just just 30 minutes. Please let us have children's <laughs> ministries. So we're feeling your pain. Okay, i got to tell one other thing. This week we uh, started office hours again uh, here or in office time here at the church. And, of course, we're observing all of the distancing and whatnot of course but uh sabra sort of yeah sort of sabra came in and um and just was this bubbly i mean she always is positive sabra by the way is pastor dan's wife for those of you who may not know and if you don't know who pastor dan is uh he was the guy at the keyboard uh leading us in worship just a moment ago but uh we (laughs) noticed sabra in the office and perhaps just effervescing a bit more than she normally does. And so I said to Debbie, I said, boy, Saber just seems glad to be back in the office. And Debbie <laughs> says, uh, Saber's glad to be anywhere but trapped in the house with two children and Dan. <laughs> so, so I think uh, we've got some moms that can identify with our video. We do. We, we feel your pain. We've had a wonderful week at home. My husband, thank you, surprised me with my mom and dad and our daughter and son-in-law and our grandchildren coming this week. So we have had a full house of 11 in our home, and we have enjoyed every minute of the craziness, the chaos, the love, the living life together. You have been hiding from any of them. I have not. Not this week. I'll get a short window. So Today we have a, wonderful. what my uh, five-year-old <laughs> granddaughter calls a high tea party. So today we're having a high tea party in our front yard outside for a moms and daughters and and whatnot of our tribe so i'm looking Yay. forward to that tell your mom she's watching right now happy birth happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> that too is coming up soon happy birthday mom and uh happy birthday to your mom and to all of our my sisters-in-laws and uh our my daughter and our wonderful tribe of spiritual daughters uh Happy birthday to all of you, to Rhea and to Casey. We love you so much. We have the luxury. Uh, I, I Let me say, I'll put it first person. I have the luxury of being surrounded by and influenced by some of the greatest women, period. Well, let me, what I typically say is just greatest people who happen to be women. And they happen to also be moms. And Brenda has just listed them off. My mom, her mom, uh my sisters, uh, uh, our daughter, uh, as you've mentioned, Rhea, uh, Casey, other spiritual yes. daughters that that you 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 have taken so under your wing. So many here at New uh, Hope. 
matter of fact, Rhea called this morning, yes. and I, I got to talk to her, and she talked about a, a significant moment I'm going to bring up because it's one of the scripture that I know you'll bring up. But um, we just want to say Happy Mother's Day to everybody, to all, to all those, and to, to all the rest of you that are watching. Just hope it's a, a great, great day. Here in East Tennessee, it's absolutely beautiful. So, um, And as Pastor Matt almost said or tried to say, Kiss your mom on the lips. <laughs> you probably saw him turn beet red. You're not going to give him a break on no, that, No, not a break. But, you know, I, I'm thinking of all of our moms today, and I'm thinking about the wonderful women in Scripture that um, tell us they weave a beautiful picture of God's incredible love and, and womanhood and motherhood. Yes, they do. And? Well, and I'm going to start by the, today, if we when we're done with this and we file it away online some way uh it'll it'll be um interview with a mom you're the mom, I'm the mom. but uh yeah <laughs> but uh I, i've got some questions for you and a couple of them i've, I've already given you um a hint on a couple i, I need have a not, heads up with you no, no, so. i'm going to catch you <laughs> off guard on a couple of them but um <clears throat> i wanted to start with um before we get to scripture last saturday a week ago um, yesterday would have been one week um, in our driving uh, uh, parking lot service. Uh, Brenda shared her testimony. Now, I, I want you to take three or four minutes. I want you to get, because I know we got some other good stuff that I know we're going to get to talk about. Okay. <clears throat> but she has said through the years, she says, you know, I don't have a testimony like other people have. You know, I like. I wasn't saved out of the darkness in the pits of, <laughs> of drug addiction or some. She says, you know, people have these great testimonies. And so I've reminded her, and that day I said, you have one of the most amazing testimonies in the world. And we began to discuss it, and I won't take away from that. I want you to share a piece of your testimony. Go. And as Tom said, I, he said, you have this incredible legacy of faith. <clears throat> And as I begin to reflect, which I've done many times, uh, about the legacy I have of, of women in my life, um, I know that I'm at least, a, we have six generations of women of faith in our family, from my great-grandmothers to my grandmother, one of my great-grandmothers, I know for sure, uh, two, of, two of my great-grandmothers, actually, to my grandmothers, to my mom, myself, my daughter, and her daughters, and it's just such a awesome legacy to Six have. Six generations. I I told last week at the drive-in service that my great grandmother, she was a full-fledged Indian uh, in the Florida, South Florida area, and she was a great woman of faith. But she had married a man who was very mean, and when he was drunk, he would really kind of beat on the kids and her at times. And we had some friends who told me this personally that would pick her up for church because she wanted to always go to church. And they would take her to church and she'd come home. And, and if he was in one of those drunken stupors that he would beat her. Um, and yet I heard stories that she was a, a person of prayer. And as all grandmothers, I'm be one of those, part of our prayer life is always for our family it's always for our children it's always for our spouse it's always for the generations to come so i had this incredible blessing of having grandmothers that i remember my grandmothers kneeling and praying i heard my dad's mother every morning when we would stay with her about five o'clock just praying and interceding for her family 
and some of her children didn't come to Christ before she died, but I believe those prayers caused them to know Jesus Christ throughout their life. And I have a mom and a mother-in-law who've taught me to pray and to stand in faith. And that's just been my go-to path in life is, is prayer and faith in the Word of God that we lived this life of faith because not just words, but because it has been tested. It has been tried. The testimonies of God's faithfulness are just flowing from my family. And you can't help but want to know God and to serve him and, and to, to pass that on to your children. Amen. 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 Uh, what you heard over and over in there, sown throughout that, is constancy. And I can't tell you how many times through 40 years of marriage, I know they can't believe you've been married that long, but um, 40 years of marriage that I have written in uh, all of the various landscape of mothers that I get to write cards and notes and text messages and emails to, that recurring quality of, yeah. of constancy in him, that sure-footedness, you know. Um, the that, that reminds me of <clears throat> Jeremiah, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Jeremiah 29. It says, um, I have to write things down because sometimes I'm just really, actually I have it. Uh, it says, I have it, I promise, it's right here. It says, for I know the plans and the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And in my Bible, I have my name. <laughs> I have my name all throughout my Bible, dear Brenda. It's like it's a personal promise to I me. I love that. Uh, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. And um, this passage of Scripture really is a result of God's people being in captivity. And bad things had happened, and they kept saying, it's always going to be bad, it's going to be terrible, stuff happens. And that's a lot like our lives, that oh, we are people of faith. The children of Israel had their ups and downs, obviously. But in our, if we want to apply it to our lives, that as people of faith, we can have this constant assurance. It's not even just hope, constant assurance that God says, even in the bad stuff, he is going to cause it to turn into good stuff for us in Romans 8. If we call on him, he is faithful to answer us. If Amen. we seek him, he is faithful to answer us. He is not hidden away in some corner. Um, he's not, one place in the Bible it says, he's not like the other gods who've kind of gone out and gone to the bathroom, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I love um, that. that he doesn't slumber or he doesn't sleep, but he's always attentive to the prayer of the righteous. And we have this hope and we have this confidence that if we call on him, he will answer and he will cause our lives to be filled with peace and to be filled with hope. And we can have that legacy. And I want to say something to women uh, right now that's saying, I don't have that legacy that you have of uh, great grandparents and a, uh, or a parent or a grandmother, start today. Start right now determining in, and being intentional about what you're going to pour into your children Amen. and into your legacy. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you can start today. Amen. I was, and I was about to say, <laughs> okay. Get on these walls. How, how that, and I told you earlier, I hope you do. She's my favorite preacher. Um, 
but I was going to say, okay, how would you, how would you, what would you say to young moms? But you went ahead um, and went there. Um, talk to me. Talk to us. Talk to them. Um, you mentioned a couple of your favorite uh, scriptures. Um, you've mentioned uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah twenty-nine, Romans, and Romans, Romans eight. eight, twenty-six through twenty-eight. I always <clears throat> quoted twenty-eight. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But in the last few months, you started teaching on verses 26 and 27. And I just, it was the missing piece, so to speak. It says, likewise, the Holy Spirit knows our weaknesses. And I'm going to tell you, as a mom, and you can identify with me, every single mom, there are times we don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. We have weaknesses. We, we, we don't see God. We're not hearing God. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us uh, pray. I love that. He intercedes for us. The Bible says with groanings that can't be uttered. And because he knows the mind of the Father, the will of God, the Holy Spirit. You never pray alone. That is so incredible to me as a mom. I can't tell you that to have that kind of help, that is God. God saying, I'm going to take care of you. I've got your back. And the bad stuff. There was a time, uh, we've talked about our, my legacy, but it hasn't always been easy as a mom. Uh, most of you know the story of our son, Timothy, that he had been in a car accident, a very severe car accident, and God spared his life. And in, in the process of that, he was just young, 16, 15, 16. And he got hooked on the opioids that he was prescribed for the pain. And so we went through a season of the addiction. And it would be like every, every day I would, I would hear this news and think, oh, he's, it's getting better. Or, oh, it's just terrible. You know, sort of that roller coaster ride. And I remember very distinctly uh, one day riding down the hill from where we were living and I was just crying out to God and he, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said do you believe what you preach do you believe what you read or not it was like come on girl get a grip you either believe it or you don't and all of a sudden it was like the Holy Spirit just began to pray because I had such a weakness because I was feeling it in my flesh and in my emotions and as I just began to allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for me, there was this incredible peace that came. And then I knew. Amen. I knew that we were going to be okay, <clears throat> that he was going to be okay, and that no matter what I heard from that day on, and things didn't get better immediately, we went through a drug rehab. Actually, we, he went through two. But he came out on the other side of the addiction, praise God, and uh, talk about a testimony. There's a testimony of God's favor over and over and over again in Amen. his life. But I just want to tell you that in your weaknesses, when you don't know how to pray, and you're sort of riding that roller coaster of emotions that can flood our hearts, that we are not those who live our life by our emotions. We live it by the word of God. Call to me and I will answer you. I will cause even this situation to turn out for good because you love me and it will be my purpose. And we can be confident in that. We can know that even when bad stuff happens, 
he's got our back and he's going to get us through it. He's going to bring something good out of it. Amen. So moms, and, I, and while we were worshiping the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Your Promise Still Stands, I really felt like I had a word for some mom or maybe more moms that were listening that God, God has your child. You need to pray. You need to intercede. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to pray for you so that you are praying according to the will of God for your child. Because we sometimes pray not according to God's will. But if you want that child to know God, you begin to pray according to the will of God, according to the word of God, and believe that that child is going to be healed, that that child is going to be delivered, that that child is going to come to know Christ. I just speak that over you. Do not be discouraged. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Preach, girl. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, what I want you to do, if you would, is I want you earlier this morning, as we just sat and reflected, yes. and about what um, she says, okay, now help me sort of zone in on what you're looking for. And I said, well, I want them to hear from you. I want them to hear about your journey uh, and womanhood, motherhood, different pieces of that. But I'd like for you to talk about some favorite scriptures, um, uh, highlights of, of motherhood. And, but I'd like for you to, to talk about a couple of your favorite women uh, from scriptures. Mm. And uh, so you want to just jump into Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, some of my favorite women in Bible are Esther and Naomi and Ruth, Deborah. Uh, Deborah was a judge. Um, Abigail, you don't hear a lot about Abigail, but she is a fascinating woman. She ended up being one of David's, King David's wives. Eunice and Lois, they were Timothy's um, mother and grandmother, and I love that. Hannah, she was the mother who took, gave her son Samuel to uh, the house of the Lord to be raised up by the, the priest. And I, I said uh, to Tom, I don't know that I immediately uh, <laughs> resonate with Sam. I don't know if I could have left my child at that young age. But we talked about it a little bit. And Hannah really is such a beautiful representation of how when our children, uh, of releasing our children to God, maybe not uh, even at a very young age. We don't drop them off at the temple to be raised by the priest. But we do release our children to God. Uh, in the fact that God, they're yours. When we dedicate a child to God, it, it's uh, it's about us releasing them and trusting God with with them, and we can do that. And it's wonderful to know that the the women in the Bible give us such beautiful examples of God's faithfulness and what He's put in our heart. For instance, uh, Esther, she was um, a very young woman. And she was uh, chosen, because she was so beautiful, to see if she would become queen. Uh, and which was a really scary proposition because the previous queen, Vashti, uh, was killed by the king because she did something he didn't like. But Esther was uh, raised by an uncle and uh, very strong Jewish faith. Uh, and how she she is uh, the the woman in the Bible where we get the quote um, for such a time as this that perhaps Esther you were born and you were called for such a time as this to deliver the the Jewish people from from death and annihilation and I love that that's oftentimes 
the vision we have for our lives <laughs> is pretty small in comparison to the vision that God has for our lives. Okay, but boil that down to, I want to, I want to be able to get to, to three or four of these. What's your takeaway for, especially uh, Esther was probably anywhere from 18 to 22 or 23 years right. old. So young women, uh, young mothers, um, what would you say as a takeaway from Esther, what can they take into life with them? Um, about what what's the takeaway from you just you know you quoted the the, the verse uh, from 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 that book in chapter four about you right, know for such a time, time as this. yeah I think that if I think the takeaway for any woman young or old is that um, no matter what kind of boundaries society puts on us or culture puts on us that you're too young you're too old you're not this or you're not that you're a woman. Uh, we still battle that, uh, that God doesn't put those boundaries on us. There are no boundaries in God. There are no social barriers in God. There are no cultural barriers. Uh, what God's called us to, he equips us to do it. And, man, if we'll just step into that, it will be powerful. <clears throat> do you think that's a recurring, a recurring reality uh, just sitting here thinking about it and knowing some of the women you mentioned this morning, <laughs> do you think that's a recurring sort of constancy in the life of, of, these, of these women? That yeah, look at Deborah. She was one of the judges in the New Testament, right. which is, I mean, even now, a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their mind around Deborah right. being one of the judges. And I, I made a note on Deborah that uh, she's really an amazing uh, person worth endless study, uh, but she prevailed on God to lead her beyond her comfort zone. I mean, there were not women who were elevated to those kinds of positions, and she, she commanded an army, actually. And so knowing that we can do so much more than what we think we can do because God is with us. He empowers us. He enables us. I love that. I want you to continue through some of the other women we talked about because you've hit on a good thing here. Um, and I don't know that we targeted that in our conversation as much no. previously. Let, but let's talk about um, Rispa. Rispa is a, you don't hear about her. She's only uh, mentioned Rispa. Rispa a couple of okay. times in scripture. And Rispa was Mephibosheth's mother. Right? Okay, that clears things right up for me. <laughs> Jonathan, she, she was taken... Uh, as the wife of Saul, King Saul, and Jonathan's um, son was Mephibosheth, all right? But what happened was, w during the battles of King Saul and, uh, and David, right. that all of Rispa's children, except Mephibosheth, um, were killed. And At the changing of the guard, if you will. They right. got caught in the battle. And Meph the, the king, uh, David, took Mephibosheth into his home uh, because he loved Jonathan, the son of Saul, so deeply. And so the story goes the, that when they were killed, they were hung all out in the open. And the birds and the vultures began to eat away at Ooh. the corpses. Can, I, I can't even imagine. And day and night for... A season yeah. it was right before the rain season came which represented 
sort of God's favor and blessing and the end of the mm-hmm. the, yes. the drought. Yeah. Rispa stayed where the corpses were hung, and she slept out there. She didn't leave. And she protected those corpses from the wild animals, mm-hmm. from the vultures. Now, can you imagine having, there were, I forget, I should have, Reference this uh, seven sons or eight something like there was a lot. They were all killed as payment for for Saul's sins, and um, so she was protecting her corpses, her son's corpses from the vultures because that was a a huge insult for a family to to die like that and be hung like that. And so she would take uh, whatever blankets or branches or the Bible doesn't go into a lot of detail, but she kept those corpses protected. And I was thinking how much she was wanting to have a legacy of hope and a legacy of life. And of course with Mephibosheth she did and David honored, King David honored her for her kindness in bringing his bones and Jonathan's bones back. Um, But what a fierce and courageous woman that she just would not give up in the middle of life circumstances. Well, and the way the story goes further is it was her prayers caught the attention of King David. And of course, there was a drought at the time and it caught the attention. And as you pointed out, David took the, the bodies down and gave yes. them a proper burial. Yes. And then the, uh, if I recall correctly as well, then the famine and the drought dry yes, season, it, the, it, the, the, it, it ended. ended. It, the drought ended and she, she was protecting her spiritual legacy. And I love that. And I love that about women. We're f- about moms. I'm telling you, moms are fierce. And let me say wanna... this. At the times that you'll feel that you're powerless to do anything but to pray. If, if, I, if I read the story of Rispa mm-hmm. and I see that a woman who was powerless. As a matter of fact, yes. all of the women that we may get to address here in the next couple minutes uh, were in a Near Eastern ancient mm-hmm. culture where women were just slightly above the level of property. So uh, please try to wrap your head around the absolute powerlessness of this woman and relegated to do nothing but pray. Well, just, you know, talk to that for a minute when you feel like, uh, you know, there's nothing to do but pray. (laughs) What what may we have stumbled on? You know, I'm so thankful that that is my... First go-to. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know that I'm not, I I certainly don't feel like I'm a dummy, but when you know that you serve a God who's all-knowing, a God who's all-powerful, a God who has a plan and a purpose beyond what we can imagine, why not go to him first? Actually, I think that's pretty wise. (laughs) 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 And... Um, That's where we're different through the years. <laughs> I try to figure out everything in the world and do everything I can to change the circumstance. And then uh, I come back to God and say, hey, Kate, look, I've done everything I can. Can you help a brother out? Her first response, as with many of the women she's yes. listed in our lives, is to immediately go to God in prayer. Um, you know, I, I still recount that story. And on Man of War, we were there changing that gas tank behind the house and and uh that was where i learned that they were reverse threaded and so i was pulling and pulling and pulling and it has this collar around it 
And, um, and so I pushed the other way, and it suddenly broke loose. Well, when I tell you that it nearly severed that little, I still have a scar there, and I mean, it was really bad. I could be very descriptive, and I, I mean, nearly severed my finger because it pinched between the collar. Brenda happened to be standing just inside the little door that was there, and I grabbed my finger and I said, we've got to find a nurse or somebody like that. And so she just grabs my hand and boom, starts praying. Before and, and I'm sort of trying to get in on the prayer, you know, okay, yeah, but this thing is throbbing like crazy. And okay, thank you, Jesus. Would you hurry up and get done? And, and truly, 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 I, I don't know that I've, there's been one other time in my life when I was a police officer that, that I had something that I would call miraculous. And, and this was one, when I took my, my hand away, um, it, it was, all I can tell you is it was massively different. And I, I know what a bad wound looks like. I've had them. And it was right to the bone bad. And, uh, and when I took my hand away, it was like, oh, my goodness. The pain, pain began to subside. So, you so, know, when so all you can do is when, pray, when, you know. That is the best thing we can do is pray. Because if we do believe <clears throat> and we know, according to Romans 8.28, that God causes all things to work together for good, that he just begins to rework circumstances and situations to intersect with our good and his purposes. Um, we have to be involved in this. It's not just like you've said before, we're not like these little chess pieces that God moves around Amen. on the table. But we get to be part. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, my fight's not with my... Uh, Whoever the me, yeah, <laughs> that's a good example with you or with whomever. And I try to chill in your fights, not against this person or somebody that is it doesn't like what's going on or whatever. We, Amen. we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we wrestle against powers and principalities. We cannot fight powers and principalities in the flesh, we have to fight them by the Spirit of God through prayer, through worship, through praise. And so that moms start building and beating a path of habit of making that your first go-to. Let's pray. Amen. Teach your children when they have a problem. You know what? Let's pray about that and see what God does and shows us and see how God shows us how to deal with that. Maybe it's a bully at school. Maybe it's a math problem. You're having tr trouble with your studies. Maybe it's somebody at college. Maybe it's your married children who are having problems. Let's pray about it and let's see how God leads us. And then let's do what God tells us to do. Let's begin to see what scripture has. Let's seek out godly counsel. That would be some of my counsel for women. Okay, but that's sort of... In the real world, that's silly and wasted motion, right? I mean, you know, we can do a lot more than just pray. Okay, I, I well, want you to speak about that, um, about the indirect uh, benefit of, of just from the earliest days. Mm. When, when our children were, were young, when I was young, um, as a matter of fact, you can go to my Facebook page, okay? My Facebook page, the first thing that's there is a video from last night that my niece Amy took where my mom is um, 
is with my sister Cheryl in her home right now. Praise God, she's coming back to Tennessee in just a couple of weeks. To live with us. Looking forward to that. But um, there was a, a news report, so I'll set it up for you. You can read about it. There was a news report about um, a child in, I think, New York State that was uh, giving, manifesting this rash or fallout that they thought was COVID-19. They didn't know what it was. And, and right during the news report, um, mom... Started praying. Started praying. <laughs> just, you know, uh, that same way. The women, the same way that you just started praying that day, the same way that so many times um, you've continued that legacy of faith right into the lives of our children. Because, you know, my, you know, my kids tend to call me to try to figure things out, but they know when they call her what's going to happen first. They know that right off the bat, well, Mama got this problem, okay? Well, the first thing we're going to do, <laughs> the first thing we're going to do is pray uh, right now. And it really has built that quality indirectly. And from the earliest days, I don't have a first recollection, no. either do you, of hearing no. your mom or your dad no. pray. I think it's, it's a cultivated discipline. You know, uh, there are spiritual disciplines. Prayer, um, well, my whole mind went just blank, but uh, by a personal Bible study, worship. Con consecration, worship, those are disciplines that we need to develop, just like habits in our life, like grooming habits or just what we would say were just life habits that we need to have. And I think it's a mother and a father, but we're talking about mothers today, responsibility to begin to develop and train their children in those disciplines. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6 says, um, it's a very familiar passage of scripture, but starting with verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. The New Testament takes that further, love your neighbor as yourself, which talks about, helps us teach our children the kindness of God and uh, generosity and sharing and those. It says, these commandments I give to you today, impress them on your children. When, when at the very first time that when they're little babies, begin to pray over them and, and sing over them and prophesy over them and ask God to show you the gifts in them and begin to develop those gifts. Prophesy over them. What does that mean? Speak the word of God over them. Okay. Um, because it is the prophetic word, it is the life, it is the breath. Or if God gives you a word to speak over them, that, that's a prophetic word as well. But the word, you never go wrong speaking the word over your children. That same uh, chapter in Jeremiah, uh, I have in here in my Bible, uh, in chapter 31, verse 16, it says, refrain your, this, this also had to do with our son. And it says, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. Hmm. The Lord give me, has gave me this verse in 2006 and in 2011. I have it written in my Bible. And we can begin to speak over our children. And Deuteronomy says, impress on your children... Uh, the commandments of the Lord. Talk about it when you sit at home. It's not just reserved for church. We're here to partner with parents in, in developing godly children and raising fully devoted disciples of Christ. We're here to partner. We're not here to do your job. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, parents, talk about them when you sit at home, just hanging out, when you walk around, when you, uh, when you, um, 
are on the road, when you get up, when you lay down, when you, when you rise up and somebody's coming in, which is uh, making me smile. But every time, uh, when you go out, when you come in, talk to your children about the Lord. Do not just leave that to somebody else. That's your responsibility. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You know, I want you to, I want you to move now. We're right at about 11 o'clock hour, so here's the deal. Normally, we'd be saying amen right now, so if you guys want to and you feel like you want to uh, whatever jump off, this is typically where we say amen, so be it, we're done. And, uh, but then there's an after-worship time for question and answer. I'd like to shift to that right now. If you've already, if you haven't asked, or you in, in either of the online campus or on the Facebook uh, channel, we got a screen just off camera here. So if I look off to the left, I'm trying to keep up and follow with what's happening there. Uh, but if you have questions, I'm, I'm going to guide you to one thing because I want you to, I want you to talk about uh, get ready. Eunice. Yeah, I do. Eunice, Lois, and, <laughs> and Eunice. But. Um, so go ahead if you have questions, and then we're going to do this typical after worship here now for, for about 20 minutes, but I'd like to hear from you questions that you might have for Brenda, and um, that maybe we can uh, put you on the path to some answers to, and uh, we've got people here right off camera helping us try to get these in front of us, so we'll do that, but I, I'm going to direct her back, I want to direct you back to the grandmother and the mother uh, of, of Timothy, and I'm, and I'm going to steer you in on something that I like even more. Okay. Because so often the job of a mom and a grandmother, uh, as a matter of fact, I've, I've never taught on this, but as I was hanging out in this passage, it's Paul writing to Timothy. Right. Timothy had issues. He had a Greek dad, a Jewish mom, in all likelihood is rejected by both halves of culture. You right. mentioned earlier the job of a mom is pushing back always the boundaries of culture right. and society, or, or women in particular. And, um, and so it was true there that, you know, that he would be rejected by both parts. Mm -hmm. He grows up to have sort of intimidation, and Paul in this passage calls it out. Matter of fact, by the time you get to verse 9 or somewhere around there, he says, uh, don't be ashamed. Right. of the testimony of our right. Lord Jesus Christ, or of me, his prisoner. Um, but here's where I want you to focus on this part, because he mentions in verse 5 the faith of the grandmother and the right. mother that have been deposited. And then in verse 6, I think he says, I'm here to kindle. I love that word kindle. This morning as you and I were talking and we uh, j just hanging out together, we came across that and I thought, wow, how pointed is that? Because very often, moms, grandmoms, they're still responsible for, you know, here, we didn't have a fireplace when we lived in Florida, uh, at least not in our homes that I can recall, but we have a fireplace here. And to get that fire started, you know, I'm obsessive about having this little pile of of sappy pine that we use as kindling that you can put a match to, and obsessive. boom, it's going to get the fire started. <laughs> and Yeah. And nobody can bother my kindling. Right. But I, I want you to speak to, and moms, I want you to listen to, that Paul doesn't take the credit. He essentially says, I simply came and put a match to what was already put in place by your grandmother and your mother. Uh, speak uh, to that. Yeah, the, the passage is in Second Timothy, the first chapter, and Paul is speaking, and he says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois mm. and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. 
Uh, what a great responsibility and legacy t young Timothy had um, of being under the tutelage. So the faith was in them, and Paul the, says, man, I, I see that same thing in you. Somebody put it there. The spiritual tutelage of his grandmother, Eunice, uh, Lois, and then into his mom, which she learned, you know, and now he says, I see these same qualities in you. It is this generational blessing is, is so important, moms, that the faith that we hold, the life that we live, is it constant or is it duplicitous? Or is there a dichotomy in what we say at home and how we talk to our children? Or in the, is it different in the world? Um, that's one thing I can say about our parents and our grandparents, that whatever we saw at home, even with mine who were ministers, that is what they lived everywhere. They, they preached out of the outflow of their heart. It was lived in their home. And so I was never wondering which dad or mom I was going to get. I always got the mm. same faithful mom and dad. And I, I love that. And here we see it. And so Paul comes along and he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift of God was already there. God had put the gift in him. Um, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit gifts us as moms and grandmothers and parents, we get to be the kindling, so to speak. Of well, that stir up. Stir Listen, up. Well, stir up means kin it, it means to kindle or kindle, and it's sort of like you know you poke a right. fire and you get and, it going. And what again. God has already put in our children, we get to just poke around in it. And sometimes, you know, it, it's discipline, it's instruction, it's correction. Now the Bible says, don't uh, cause your children to be filled with wrath, don't be contentious with them. But there are those times in our children's life that discipline, Christina yesterday said, my mom disciplines me according to the word of God. And I <laughs> loved that in correction because correction is needed. If we don't love it, our children, we're not gonna correct them properly. Amen. If we don't understand how important that is. And so then along comes the, the, the pastor or the evangelist and they lay hands on it and that gift is stirred up again. Or, and the fire is sort of set to it. Uh, but remember, your faithfulness in pouring into that child is what God is using. And the child, listen, do not let the child determine what is legitimate kindling and what is not. <laughs> Be, uh, going Amen. through my life, the first um, recollections I have of any day would be hearing mom pray. Mm. And she prayed the majority of years. My dad uh, didn't come to faith until after I had left home, gone in the Marine Corps. And um, so dad didn't come to faith until then. So she was praying in the face of, of someone who sort of tolerated. Actually, he promoted us going to church because there were five kids and it was the one day of the week that he'd get a break. It was Mom like took the us. pandemic yeah. moment, you know, yeah. <laughs> take them away, <laughs> take them away. The pandemic of five kids. He'd say, yes, you know, you're going to go to church with your mother Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, it was a long time. But I, I want to say this. What I found throughout the life, my life was the, the kindling that was put in place by mom in prayer. Mm, the kindling that was right, put in place, right. also, we sang together. I'm trying to talk fast because I want to get back uh, to, to Brenda. But we sang as a family. We always sort of made fun of her because, you know, mom was a holy woman. When you worship, when you're singing, she'd always say, you're not performers. Don't you get up there on stage and be 
you know, smiling and acting like you're there to perform. <laughs> uh, I certainly think there's a balance to that. But nonetheless, I found the kindling. Whew, of entertaining the presence of God and understanding the sacred reality right. of that moment. I married a woman that came along and kept adding right to that. You've already watched her. Uh, I didn't bring a, a box of, of Kleenex to here with us, but I need any time. She will start praying, and it's not just psycho-emotional, because let me tell you, she's a steel magnolia, mm -hmm. as is consistent, as is similar uh, across the landscape, like I said, of the great people, strong people around me who happen to be women, people, uh, women of God, daughters of God, children of God, of amazing substance. They're not wimps. They don't run to tears uh, to abandon or to, to, to get away. But I love that soft heart of God that when praying or you're, you're quoting something from Scripture or that sense of of, of as you said, you're not alone. You no, begin to not. speak the word of God. You begin to pray. And you're not, the Holy Spirit's right there with you. And those, that, that soft heart and precious, uh, those eyes begin to fill uh, with, with water, with tears that, that just responds immediately to the presence of the Lord. Jump in here anywhere you want. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep talking. You I know was that. thinking, of, I was looking for the passage of Scripture, and it's not coming to my mind, but it, it's the passage that. Don't, don't be afraid to talk about God. It, it just needs to be part of your life and everything you do. Don't be overly religious and spiritual and just constantly quoting Bible that until your kids just... But, but live it and share God's goodness and His faithfulness. The Bible says in Romans, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Parents, moms, are we being kind to our children? It's not the judgment of God that leads our children to repentance. It's not, you know, the, the kind of being afraid of God. It's the understanding and the reverence and awe and the worship and the kindness of God but, that leads us to repentance. And that's an important attribute that we walk in. Well, you really hit on children. something that what you said is right there in that story because he said God has not given us spirit a fear. spirit of intimidation. It's not phobos for, for fear, fear, but uh, some translations say spirit of fear, and it is that, but a spirit of mm. intimidation. And boy, it just hit me this week that God, he's saying two things at once, that God hasn't given us a Holy Spirit right. who has created the intimidation you're feeling, Timothy, but he's also saying a second thing that blesses my heart, that speaks to what you said about when you pray, the Holy Spirit, Sarah, with me. Beloved, hear this. Moms, everyone hear this. The Holy Spirit, God, here's the good news. You ready for this? This is so deep and profound. God is not intimidated by a thing. God is God. God is not intimidated. And I, I just as I read it this week, I thought, I'm going to start creating a list of things in Scripture that God can't do. James says God can't tempt you because he's not tempted. Right. God, And here's the other thing. God is not there to intimidate you because God can't be intimidated. Hallelujah. And that spirit of intimidation, Hallelujah. when Brenda said a moment ago, to, to, to be bold, yes. I, I want you to hear Paul looking past Timothy to the, to the mother and the grandmother back in the background when he says, I, I want you to understand 
that, 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 son, God hasn't given you a Holy Spirit of intimidation. And then he mentions power, love, and a sound mind. I want to reduce those to power, place, and purpose. The ability to have a clear sense of purpose. And, and uh, Chris, zoom back out because I need her right back in here. We live in a world today, and I, and I really want to dial even more in on this. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> right out of my view as a young lady sitting, <clears throat> whose testimony, right out of your view, and, and not out of my view, but out of yours as a the young lady whose testimony, I asked her to put this online, and she will soon, that as she was growing up, and just, I'll leave her story to tell, but Jamie Owsley, uh, she and Jeremy are, are becoming, uh, in process, our, our online campus pastors, and what great people to do that for lots of reasons I'll be sharing. But she was given the nickname, <clears throat> Shamer Joe. Shamer Joe. And once you hear the broad, more broad story, boy, when I think of that, and I think of what you just said about moms. Mm. Do not be intimidated away from speaking the word. Don't right. beat them down with it, but speak it as a point of promise. Can I just Absolutely. pause and listen to me? Psalms 19:14. Just pull aside to that for a moment. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in sight of God who is a rock. Get this. When you speak the word right, what it will do, oh, yeah. it unlocks a place where yes. your children will know it. Even if they push back, that there's a firm place to stand. And it says a God who is a rock and a redeemer who unlocks unlimited promise. That there's a solid place to stand that you can access a redeemer. Okay, that's the end of my side. Well, I but, think it's so critical when you say uh, to unlock the full potential of our, of our lives, the, the God who is a rock, that we can have sure footing, and a redeemer who takes everything that hell has thrown at us or life and all that stuff and that causes happens it to work and causes together. it to work together Come on. for good. Who wouldn't want that kind of life? It, the God... Jesus, the new covenant, is, is not a God of wrath. There will be a day, but that's reserved for the devil and his angels. That was never intended for, for humanity, for people. God loved us so much that he gave everything for us. And so parents, when we're teaching our children, don't allow it to be filled with wrath or filled with judgment or you're never going to add up or words that set on fire a course of life mm. that causes a child to run from God. Teach them about the, the uh, unfathomable, unconditional love of a father and a savior. Amen. Teach them that God has a plan for them and it is beautiful. And there is such great purpose and great possibilities in their life if they will yield all that to God because he's the one that will make that blossom and mature in our life. Love your children. Don't cause them to be discouraged. Encourage them. If there's words that we're saying <clears throat> that are harmful, stop saying them. If there's okay, actions but are you we're saying doing, there's no consequences stop to No, I'm not saying there are no consequences. The Bible, I love the passage in 2 Timothy 3.16 where it says, All scripture is given by God and is profitable. That means it's Amen. important. It's going to... to Put something inside of you that has value and worth, and it's it's profitable for for uh, the Bible says for doctrine, um, which is teaching them what is right. So we need to teach our children what is right according to the Word of God. But don't let culture teach your children. Don't let the TV, social media, teach your children. You take charge of what you're teaching your children. Amen. And and 
what I, I want you to get, as a matter of fact, um, if you're sitting there with anyone right now and you're watching this and uh, somebody uh, just type this so you can help yourself remember this. Type this in the comments there that we're looking popping up on the screen right now. Please, because there's not a person watching, you know, Brenda, that hasn't endured the consequences mm. of deviating from what, what Psalm 23 calls the path of righteousness. Right. God's word says to do this, but we look and say, man, either through fear or a lack of faith or whatever it may be, or just there are times in our life of rebellion. Right. I'm going to do this anyways. Right. But here's the good news, and this is the gospel. <laughs> That there is a God who is waiting just on the other side Hallelujah. of the consequence of my next stupid act. And that's what she's <laughs> saying, to speak that hope that's beyond there. Yes. It's not a hope that, oh, honey, it's okay. You can do anything that you want. It'll be all right. No, that's not. But it is a, a hope and a redemption. Right. A God who's that sure footing always looks to redemption. That on the other side, and the psalmist that wrote this, oh my goodness, did he know making stupid decisions. Yes, but there's a God just on the other side of my consequence waiting for me. Turn and tell somebody that. Absolutely. There's a God on the other side of that consequence just waiting for you. Now, I want to steer this see, back. Correction is is the mercy of God, as you've preached so often, is to say no of God. I'm not going to join you in that opinion of you or that behavior of you Amen. because that's not how God sees you. And when we begin to correct in those ways, we are sending a message to our children that they have value and worth. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to sin. They may wander far from God. They may do really bad things. But that's not who they are. That's not who God says they are. And so we keep reminding them, I'm not going to join you in that. You do that, you're on your own. I can't help you there. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to partner with you in that opinion of yourself or that lifestyle or whatever it is. Amen. But I am going to pray that not only will God's mercy, but his grace will push back every effort of hell to disrupt your life from God's full potential. Amen. Now, I want us to dial, we've got about five minutes left here. Okay. So I want to dial back in on this. Because you mentioned something when you said, moms don't be intimidated. And it just hit me. I just never... Um, Paul would say to Timothy, essentially, I want you to look back over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a grandmother that was ever so intimidated that they thought they were powerless. Mm. And watch, power, love, and a sound mind. Power, place, and purpose. Right. Timothy, you didn't have a grandmother or a mother that were ever so intimidated by life that they thought they didn't have a place. Even though culture said you didn't and bullied you around. Right. And right. then the third thing, a sense of purpose or the ability to make right decisions. You know, Brenda, like never before mm -hmm. are our children being assaulted with a culture Absolutely. that, and, and see, I'm not, I'm, oh goodness, I'm not one of those get on the next bandwagon about bullying, but their mom's parents, there has never been a time in history mm. when from so many angles of social media, phones, pictures, uh, uh, stuff, material possessions, that our kids are being squeezed and beaten and intimidated right. by culture and voices around us. If I, if I could come away with one thing, it's that God would give moms mm. today Hallelujah. a baptism of confidence. Read Philippians so chapter 1 verse 6 and Philippians chapter 3. That I know this very, that he who began a good work in you, I'm confident of this very thing, yeah. that he who began, as a matter of fact, 
find Philippians 1, 6 and pray it over your children. If your children are 10, 5, 3, 50, or 60 today, pray it over them. I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until that day, from the first day of your faith. Now, I, I want you to dial in there mm -hmm. about moms as defenders uh, on that line, like loss and use of oh, intimidation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go. That one's not hard. Moms, we're fierce. If it's about our children, we're fierce. But for some mm. reason, the enemy has blinded our eyes to what's going on in social media. And I pray right now for a spirit of boldness, mm. a spirit of courage, a spirit of mm. knowledge, in the name of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you those places where the enemy has got his foot in the door. In some of those instances, he's made his home in your son or daughter's bedroom. And I want to pray with you right now that the spirit of boldness, the spirit of authority Amen. is yours that you will not be intimidated because you don't understand the social media, so you just let it go, that you will not be intimidated by some bully or some other parent or some teacher that doesn't believe in the word of God, that you're going to take a stand in righteousness in the name of Jesus, that you will not be this crazy person like the world sees that's full of anger and viciousness, but there will be a power yes. that comes by the spirit of God that when you open Hallelujah. your mouth and you speak grace and you speak peace and you command the enemy out of your home, out of your child's life, that it happens in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think you hit on something, honey, about this spirit of fear. It really is a spirit of intimidation. Yes, it is. And we have, we're just saying, I'm intimidated. I'm intimidated. The spirit of fear that is, taking over our children and causing them to, I have to be like this. I have to look like this. This person is shaming me or whatever. We're going to call it to an end in the name of Jesus over our children today, over our grandchildren, over our married children, over, over our homes, that they are mighty men and women of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, boy, I want to say, may you give them the Hallelujah. confidence to stand in the place of a young Esther who says, mm. for such a time as this, I've, I've been placed in the place I'm in. May, may God give you the confidence to stand where Hannah stood as you may be looking at a place where a, a, a child is now grown and they're walking out the yes. door to go to college yes. or they're, they're getting married or whatever it may be, to, to release that child uh, from your place of care and from your nest and trust the hands of God yeah. to be able that what you've put in them uh, is there. You know, the... You've shown that there's a Absolutely. God waiting just beyond consequence, that there's a God of endless hope and redemption. Yeah, the spirit of Rispa, that you're fighting for that generational blessing, that it doesn't stop where the, the world wants it to stop, that heritage and that lineage, but it is, it is going to be a, to a thousand generations on your children <laughs> and their children and their children's children. I in love Jesus that. name. I love that. Listen, um, we're just going to wrap this up. Uh, we did both what was normally sort of the sermon <laughs> portion and then the after worship portion. I think it turned into one long Tom and Brenda thing. But uh, 
man, just happy Mother's Day, sweetheart. And happy Mother's happy. Day to all the moms out there. And um, Moms, you're beautiful. You're courageous. You're strong. You're called. God has called mothers. We get to be the eyes. We get to be the hands of Jesus in so many ways. We get to be the spiritual moms to so many orphans. Do not be intimidated. Step into that place. Yeah, the culture would call you away. I talk about this for, for 20 years. Culture would call you away from the significance of motherhood as if, well, there's more in me than that. And there, there, there is certainly more to you than just being a mom. Absolutely. But don't allow it culture to diminish the absolute Absolutely. eternal significance of imparting uh, life, hope, eternity, kindling for life that, that only comes as you implant uh, the, that, that, that life of faith and model faith in Jesus' name. You're so beautiful to me, every mom. You're so precious. You're so loved. You're so power-filled. You are mighty. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And now, let's do this. Give me a hand right there. Uh, may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He cause His face to shine on you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And lift His countenance upon you. You are the blessed of the Lord. May He give you peace. Coming in, going out in every one of your prayers, don't be intimidated in Jesus' name. You're a child of God, a daughter of God, Hallelujah. a mighty woman of God. Plant those seeds of faith and hope. Plant that kindling in, in the lives of your children. Pray for a blaze to burn. Amen. Amen. Grandmothers, great-grandmothers, oh, mothers, yes. daughters, step into that place. Don't be intimidated by your age, by by what you know, where you've been, just step in to that anointing that God has given you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Listen, message us here, wherever. We both have uh, Facebook pages. Jump on there and message us directly. If there's questions, comments, prayer, we'd love to do that. We love you guys. We will see you next week. We will be online, but we'll be online yes. live uh, as we start gathering again to worship. I look forward to that. Boy, am I expecting just a powerful time of God's presence as believers gather together in Jesus' name. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.